At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn. We're still recording in the hottest day ever. I am Mr. E. And I am Jay. And you're listening to Cryptids of the Corn podcast, like I've already stated. Uh, You've already stated that? Yes. Not on this episode. Yeah, I just said. Well, now you've already stated it. Now it's Cryptos of the Corn Podcast. Welcome to Cryptos of the Corn Podcast. If you haven't been listening to Cryptos of the Corn Podcast yet, it's Cryptos of the Corn Podcast. This podcast is called Cryptos of the Corn. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> if you can't tell, it is literally getting so hot in here, we're starting to melt. And getting delirious. Yes. But we're hitting another hard UFO, the Kecksburg UFO incident. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. So, Excuse to me. start with. If you heard that bird. Just... Kecksburg UFO streaked across the sky in December and landed in a wooded hollow. Bum, bum, bum. In December? In December. When? Well, we'll get there. Oh. Uh, first, we're going to do some preliminary information. Preliminary. Okay. It is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Kecksburg is an unincorporated community in Mount Pleasant Township in West Moreland. Westmoreland? Moreland, I would say. Uh, Pennsylvania. It's located along uh, PA Route 982 in a heavily wooded area about 30 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. An elevation of 1,209 feet. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, that's the town, that's the town. of yep. Kecksburg. Very small town. Okay. Uh, history. Kecksburg uh, was uh, basically founded in 1860 and was laid out on five acres of land purchased by a German merchant, farmer, and businessman, Johann Martin Keck. That's what I would say. In nineteen or in eighteen sixty-eight, he was appointed postmaster of the town, being the first to uh, occupy this position after the establishment of the office held in the role for twenty-six years. Ah, you said so, that to me. Uh, I think it was it last week's episode, maybe. But yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, the postmaster forming towns. What was it? Portlock. Portlock. Yep. 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 And once again, you brought up Ada. That, but yeah, it's weird. A lot of these towns are named after the postmaster. Oh yeah, his name is Keck. So Kecksburg, yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The initial night report. So this, before we get into this, this is like a big one. People point at Kecksburg. Yeah, the Kecksburg UFO. Okay, it's a kind of a fun, crazy story. I'm gonna try to get this all right. Well, let's find out. This is a very hefty script. If you can't tell, yeah, it's this it is this book is bigger than the last one. Is it? Probably. And Mountain Monsters isn't in this one. Oh, boy. But Such a shame. Mm-hmm. The initial report. On the evening of December 9th, 1965, there's your year. Mm, thank you. A brilliant fireball was seen in at least six U.S. states and Ontario, Canada. 
it streaked over Detroit, Michigan. Hmm. Uh, is that Windsor? Yeah, the Windsor, Ontario area. Windsor, Ontario area. Which that's um, about an hour and 25 minutes north of us. It's just across the lake, right? Hmm? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought so. Just east of Detroit, yeah, is where Windsor is. Yep. Okay. Uh, reports of red hot metal debris over Michigan and northern Ohio. Uh, grass fires, sonic booms in the uh, Pittsburgh metropolitan area were attributed to this fireball. It was all hell was breaking loose. Sounds like it. But, mm-hmm. And Good. then some people in the little city of Kecksburg, about 30 miles southeast of Pittsburgh, reported that something had crashed in their woods. Whiffs of blue smoke vibrations and thumps mm. so after this thing landed it was still making noise. noises yeah hmm interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. already sounds uh i'm already getting vibes of u.s military i i i get like war of the world's vibes off the beginning okay that like whatever this thing is we'll get into it yeah but uh hit something coming in the atmosphere like a u.s satellite mm. and that was the chunks of crap falling all over the world and caused the fireball possibly mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. An early story in the Greensburg Tribute Review stated, what is with all these newspapers' names? I hate newspaper names. <laughs> <laughs> They're complicated and tongue twisters. Like, the Greensburg Tribute Review. Mm, I don't know. Like, what? What's who it? makes these? God. Ada Harold. You know, I miss the Ada Harold. I miss Harold, too. Yeah. <laughs> but just... Simple no, it's name. Simple, yeah, I know what you're saying. Is that gone? The Kenton Times. Simple. Maybe we're just from a simpler area. Area, yeah. We're from No Name, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, where was I? <laughs> oh, your your vibrations, thumbs. Oh, the newspaper yep. name. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, stated the <laughs> following. Here's what they stated. So the area where the object landed was immediately skilled off on the order of the U.S. military and state police, reported in the anticipation of a. Close inspection of whatever had fallen. State police officers that were ordered in the area roped off to await the uh, expected arrival of the U.S. Enge- or the U.S. Army engineers and possibly civilian scientists. Hmm. So basically, immediately, like it seems like this thing was being tracked. Yeah, and like extremely fast, everything was closed off where it landed. Right, which is fishy. No. It is. It is fishy, yeah. They were tracking this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether We'll get into what it possibly could have been. This already right. sounds like the beginning of a movie. Like, I know, I know. I think a lot of movies are based off this event. I can see the scene right now. There's a mom, like, washing dishes at her sink. Don't say it yet. What? I'm like, I'm literally making this up on the I, top of my head. Mm. And she looks out the window and sees this brilliant fireball flying over. And she's like, whoa. And then it cuts to another kid, like, in, a, in this farmer in a field or something. And it crashes down. And then police and stuff swarm and... Arrest him, and that's how the movie starts. Yeah, you're not very far off of what actually is about to happen in this story. Oh. I really think a lot of movies took like, oh, for sure, stuff from this event for specifically. Sure. This event specifically inspired by real things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so when state troopers and the Air Force personnel searched the woods, they were probably found absolutely nothing. Oh, go figure. And uh, yeah, absolutely nothing. Which means cover-up. Yeah. A, a subsequent addition to the tribute review bore the headline, Search Fails to Find the Object that we all... That's not that, what it said. <laughs> Search Fails to Find the Object. That was their headline. But basically it said, yeah, we all heard it, seen it, the smoke and the fire that, from the thing landed, and they didn't find it. Nothing. How odd. <laughs> I don't have a gun held to my head by some U.S. representative. <laughs> hey, I mean, you're not far off when... No, you're telling them what probably is the reality. I guess. Yes. <laughs> so authorities just, uh, sorry, it just makes me laugh because it's probably what happened. Exactly. Uh, authorities discounted uh, proposal, proposed examples of such as a plane crash, uh, an errant missile test. I don't know what an errant missile is. No, errant missile test. Oh, gosh. Like a, a missile that I went... can't read, and the hotter it's getting, the worse my reading is getting. I can tell. I think it went off track. What? Missile. Oh, like a, a missile that just yeah. kind of went off track? Yes. Like the nuke we accidentally dropped in the U.S.? Oh, sure. I don't... That was in Maryland. Oh, what? <laughs> a nuke fell off a plane. And it didn't blow up, right? No. Oh, yeah. Because they have to be dropped from higher altitudes to trigger the mechanism because they explode midair. That's a misconception. Nukes never hit the ground. Hmm, okay. 
because it causes more damage when they blow up in the air. Interesting. Hmm. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the U.S. dropped the nuke on U.S. soil on accident. Imagine that guy flying that plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fell off the back. Yeah. Go faster. Go Must faster. go. Yeah, go up, go up, go up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you had, if he really you know if it was gonna go off I don't think it mattered. No, no. Yeah, I'd actually I'd probably want to stay closer. <laughs> oh yeah. That way you don't got to deal with side effects. No, you just deal with vape getting your body vaporized and nothing. Those you don't know. It just is vaporized. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Wouldn't know unless I experienced it. Uh, you just get dust. Turn to dust, Dover Demon style. Actually, atoms. You uh. get. If you're that close and you're vaporized, you're turned to vapor. When you're atomized, you're turned to atoms. Ooh, maybe you can. Maybe they come back somewhere else, reatomized, reput it back together. Oh, you could. I don't think so. I think you're just nothing. Different dimension. Stardust. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, back to this. Okay. So authorities, you know, basically said, nah, it wasn't a plane. Nah, it wasn't a missile. And nah, it wasn't a satellite re-entering the atmosphere and exploding in de- debris. Uh. And it was generally assumed to be a meteor. Okay, simple enough. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, astronomer Paul, how would you say? Anir. Anir said the fireball was likely uh, have been a meteor ent- re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. Geophysicist George, okay, Weatherloo. Let's go with that. Weather? How would you say that? Weatherlo. Weatherlo. <laughs> okay, I'm going Weatherloo. George Weatherloo. <laughs> Uh, discounts uh, suspicions that it was debris from a satellite and agreed with the reports that uh, they were probably due to a meteorite. Mm-hmm. Atmosphere, or, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, astronomers William P. Bettelman and Fred Hess said it was, said it undoubtedly was a meteor bolt. I don't know that I don't word. Know. What's going on today? It's because it's, it's, it's literally probably 90 degrees in this room. I'm sweating already. Okay. Because they can't run the AC because with the recording. <laughs> they said it was a meteor bolide. We'll look up what, what that is. Never. Um, a spokesman for the Department of Defense in Washington said first reports indicated the refor- reported fireball was a natural phenomena. Oh, okay. Just right off. It's a natural phenomena. Natural. Swamp, swamp gas. Natural phenomena. See, it doesn't roll off. Mm-mm, does not. Swamp gas that exploded our neighborhood. It's happened. It's natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a gun to your back saying it's nothing as natural, too. Oh, yeah. By the way, that's all from Wikipedia. So take that as it is. There we go. But, yeah. So we're going to get into a... uh, So basically, that was the first little thing, just to give you the taste. This is a really big story. So we're actually going to reiterate this story about three times. Okay. Uh, So now we're going to go into a much more detailed version. Well, just to recount that, basically... The whole town seen, well, not the whole town. So, a lot of people Six states and a different country seen this debris field falling out of the sky. Okay. Uh, Everywhere from Michigan, Ohio, all the way up to Canada had random pieces of flaming metal hitting. And then when it come down to it, there was nothing. Kecksburg. Nothing to be found. Didn't have a, a debris field. Kecksburg had a solid object okay. hit one spot. That was seen by a lot of people in Kecksburg. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I can't wait to get into this. It's amazing. This is, uh, I don't believe in actual extraterrestrial aliens visiting Earth. This is one story that kind of makes me go against that thought. Okay. Uh, that, oh, uh, now I'm really interested yeah. to see where this goes. Because so, I know how you are about that mm-hmm. stuff. The unidentified flying object came down December. So once again, we're going to reiterate. Uh December 9th, 1965, they say was a General Electric's Mark II, Mark II re-entering vehicle that had been launched by the Air Force as a spy satellite and fell out of orbit. So this is somebody else's take on what happened. Okay. So authorities at the time, however, said it was a meteorite. The, the off official claim has been challenged and never changed. Hmm. Research consider that Kecksburg UFO to be one of the great unsolved mysteries. The people of the tiny town of Kecksburg still talk about it. Witnesses who saw it uh, before members of the military swooped in and took it away. So, yeah, a lot of civilians seen this thing, yeah. which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, they all say it was not a meteorite. It was a craft of some kind. And some people think it actually had or reported it having a pilot. Okay, so life inside. That was not happy. Okay. 
What do you mean not happy? We'll get there. Okay. He was not happy. He's like, oh, did you put this there? No, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like a like a old man that got like imagine if you tased a crocodile. Hmm. That level of not happy. I'm picturing old man that got karate chopped in the throat and he's just really mad at you. No. Think if you strapped a crocodile into a pilot seat. Okay. And we're tasing it every couple seconds. Okay. That, and, and then crash the, the plane? It's not happy. Okay, got to, I got it. <laughs> uh, so the, the years have muddled a few of their recollection, uh, recollections, but accounts have mainly stayed uh, on par. Which is important. Mm-hmm. So the time, it was 4.47 p.m. when it came out of the sky over the northwest. A flaming object was seen over Canada, Ohio, and western Pennsylvania. It appeared to be guided changing its path and making levels of descent like uh, like a plane almost. Yeah, yeah. Residents of the area into the Kecksburg woods. It seemed like it was purposely trying to slow down. Okay. And th- that gets into one of my theories later that it accidentally hit something on or, or on entry. And then was steering to clear yeah. of, of like houses and towns yeah. and stuff. Okay. So the first, uh, the first people on the scene said it to be partly buried into the ground. It was made of metal between 10 and 12 feet long. And it was generally shaped like an acorn. Hmm. And they have a... We're going to get into the town what, and what they do about the UFO now. Okay. But they have a really nice model of the people that actually seen it. Okay. Help design. And that's on one of our future stops, I believe, we're, we're going to do. Oh, I'd love to go see that. Because I wonder how far... It can't be too terribly far no, from No, it's us. probably within four hours. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Sorry. There were strange markings on the on the band near the bottom that resembled hieroglyphics. And they say that, mm-hmm. and once again, this is the 60s in Pennsylvania. Most of these people had never seen hieroglyphics. Yeah. What I would what I picture in my head, because I've heard this before, and I've what I kind of gathered from it, it's maybe not so much hieroglyphics, but more either like kind of runes. Like Yeah, I think that's or even uh you know, like in the Matrix, when they show all that stuff, like yes, I like think it comes that's up and down. something similar to that. Mm-hmm. That's what they. I've other accounts I've heard. Yeah, I I think that's more apt. Uh, when they bring up these hieroglyphic things, most of the time it's sixties or older, mm-hmm. and it's farmers that yeah. see this. They've never seen hieroglyphics. Not saying anything against them, but in their brain, that's the only thing that comes close yes. is hieroglyphics. I would say if you could generalize it, it's. What else had hieroglyphics on it? That people said it had hieroglyphics on it. Mm. Roswell, no, Roswell, New Mexico. Um, interesting enough, but I, I wonder if it's maybe not so much hieroglyphics, but definitely a form of writing that they're seeing. You know? Oh yeah. They're seeing something like that. So I, we'll leave it to that. Whether what that is or not, but there's some form of writing on the outside of the ship for sure. Mm-hmm. That's not the English or any other known language, I'm sure. Could be Japanese kanji. It could be. It could be. Could be. It's not, but... Oh. (laughs) Where was I? Sorry. So the military was on route and on scene within an hour, and by 8 p.m., it was gone, hauled away on the back of an army flatbed truck. That's moving fast. So make a note of that, because we'll come back to that. Within an hour? No, the hauling on the flatbed truck. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so John Venture, state director of the Mutual UFO Network, did not begin uh, earnestly looking into the Kecksburg mystery until this year. Uh, so I don't know when, so I guess that's when this article came out. So this could be a while old. Okay. Uh, where was I? Sorry, it's getting so hot. I know, I'm sweating. I'm sweating like crazy. Um, it looks like uh, maybe 1965. Oh, okay. So he said, because of many others that were already on the case. Did you hear me just, like, die there? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, Safton native Owen Etchler? Yeah. Etchler? Let's go with that. uh, Who spent decades investigating it, came to him in February with a theory that uh, some evidence had seemed to add up in the two joined forces. Okay. Their research put forth in the report titled, has the top five UFO crashes been solved? Suggested the vehicle was launched uh, from Johnston Island in the Pacific two days earlier as part of... So back to this spy plane. Okay. The spy satellite. Yeah. America's top secret program is spying on the Soviet Union from space. Of course, 
No one had ever wanted to admit they were spying on the Russians, Venture said, often uh, offering an explanation as to why the object was taken away and never explained under such mysterious circumstances. Which, yes, does make sense. Yes. So, the night it landed. Ooh. Yeah, this is a... F- we're going to get back to this kid. We're going to talk about a kid for a second. Uh, Mr. Elrich was a 13-year-old boy uh, in December 1965 playing baseball in a field when he saw a... The predominantly oh, green... Oh, predominantly green glowing object yes. with a wisp of yellow, purple, and orange light shooting across the sky. Hundreds of others saw the object, thinking it might be a plane on fire or not knowing what to think. Many called authorities. Basically, this this town's like circuit board is lit up. The old oh. phone boards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were they couldn't deal with the amount of calls they were getting. Uh, Greensburg residents, uh, Stan Gordon, which comes up in a lot of these things. Stan does. Okay. Uh, who would grow up to be noted UFO researcher, was 16 and listening to the program on a ra- uh, basically on the radio. And the host began call or talking to calls from witnesses. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> John Hayes was 10, playing baseball or playing football when the object landed. Despite the fact that his family lived nearby, he did not see it. Okay. So he didn't see it. Mm-mm. But when he went home, uh, oh, so here's a quote from him. But when I went home, my dad had it on the radio and they said something crashed in Acme. Acme? Yep. Uh, he said, then mom was looking out the window and said, it's not an Acme. It's right out there. Look at all those cars across the hill. There was activity all over the place. And those are direct quotes. From John. Mm-hmm. The first person on the scene was a curious neighbor. Then came, to the vo- then came the volunteer firefighters and the police. Then followed by reporters. There were, uh, then there were reports of the military personnel coming in, Mr. Gordon said. So Stan said that, yep. Mm-hmm. What struck the residents of Kecksburg and investigators to this day is how the army men, uh, how quickly the ar- armed military men, more than two dozen men arrived on the scene, taking charge of the crash and, the, and, ch- and then chasing people away. Hmm. The U.S. government claimed that there were, or they were never tracking it, which mean, makes no sense, absolutely. Uh, they, had, they had to have been tracking it. The Canadian radar was tracking it, so- which is documented. Oh, okay. I was going to say. So it's it is foolish to think the U.S. government wasn't tracking it when the Canadians were tracking it, and it was over mostly our land, mm-hmm. anyways. I mean, this is height of the Cold War. We're watching everything for stuff coming from that way, exactly to take us all out. Hmm. So yeah, to say we weren't hmm. tracking it, it just automatically is. I don't. I don't want to say, oh, that's a red flag right there, but it's like in reality. Why are we lied to so much about all this well, stuff? Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's another thought: is it was just an alien cruising by, and we were such on Cold War heights mm-hmm. that we try to shoot it out of the sky, and this is why it was crashing, mm. just mm. rolling by. We're like missile from Russia, blow it out of the sky. Right? Yeah. Then it got hit, and it's like ah, beep boop bah. Yeah. Hmm. Beep boop boop bah. That's how they talked. <laughs> So, Mr. Hayes saw the military men up close because they set up their uh, command center in his family's two-story house overlooking the woods. They, like, basically said, we're using your house. Yeah, that's... This site offered men a view of the area as well as a working telephone. Wow. So, my joke before we started recording is coming up. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The first thing they did was tell my parents to send us kids to bed. Mr. Hayes said... Well, naturally, I was excited by all the uh, going-ons, and our bedrooms were downstairs. Bathroom. Or the bathroom. Sorry. The bathrooms were downstairs. I made a, uh, quite a few trips to the bathroom that night. I would, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a lot of men in uniforms, and there were some men uh, in suits. And this starts connecting to maybe the men in black. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was clear the men in the suits were in charge of everything. They were over top of the military. They had a lot of clout. Oh, that's an interesting little note there. It was like scary. They were scary. They, uh, this one doesn't go into... We'll come back to his story and some tidbits he added on later. Yeah. Uh, but these were scary people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like, 
because I don't know, I've never been in a situ- military situation before. I've been around, I've been on a military uh, base, I guess, and around military before, but I've never seen where like the sergeant or, you know, the guy that's high up kind of in control of everything. I've never seen someone come in, you know, in a suit. Right. And, it's, they're always and, in full, they're full military gala. Yeah. Never just a suit. S- right. And they're, they're the ones calling the shots. To the military. Sit, yeah, sending orders to the military right there with them side mm-hmm. by side. That's, um, yeah, I've never seen that. So, Mr. Hayes' upstairs bedroom offered a good view of the authorities coming and going. He said, I couldn't see down into the hollow where they all were at, but I did see six guys in radiation suits take a box down there, he said. I didn't see them bring it back out. Interesting. Uh, he let her, or He said a later inspection of the family's phone bill showed no evidence of calls that were being made. While they were there? Yeah, because they were on the phone constantly. They were using this family's house phone constantly. Mm, there's no evidence of it. Yeah, because uh, he wanted the, uh, Mr. Hayes's, or, yeah, Mr. Hayes' dad printed it off, or had, the, not printed, had, when did they, I, what did you call Call it? log? I, I, yeah, itemized call log yeah. to see where they're calling, and there was nothing for that night. The whole day is wiped off. Oh, and it's they said, yeah, Later on, they said, we made calls that day that didn't show up. Interesting. They didn't just take theirs. They took everything, everything from the day, yes. Uh, interesting. Uh, where was I? Some witnesses said the authorities warned them away from the area because of risk of radiation from the object. Excuse me. Others were just ordered to leave at gunpoint, and they did. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there was one story of, like, uh, one of these farmers that was like, well, it's my land, blah, 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 I want to see this. And they're like, no, you got to leave. He's like, no, I'm going to see it. And they just pointed the gun at him and said, you're going to leave. Yeah. I mean, that's how you do and it. And he was like, okay. In... These people were chased off their own land. It was crazy. And then, keep in mind, the end of the day, the government said they didn't find anything. There was nothing there. That's, yeah. It's it's a frustrating story to me, Mm -hmm. but... I think it's funny that there was literally a bunch of these farmers who were like, what do you want to see? Then they were pointing guns at them. Yeah. All right. I don't really want to see it that bad anymore. Nope. (laughs) You know, you guys have a good day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to my family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Former Post-Gazette reporter... Aaron Hoffman, 78, of Hampfield, was working the night shift in Greensburg when he and a photographer were sent to the scene. Oh, they were sent there, okay. Mm-hmm. By the by, the news outlet. Yeah. They worked for. Uh, Mr. Hoffman arrived in time to see the military men taking the object away on the back of a flatbed. Once again, they said they didn't get anything. Right. The whole town seen it on the back of this flatbed. But there was nothing to be found. But, the, uh, but his account differs... Oh, yeah, sorry. His account differs from some of the other eyewitnesses' recollections. Mm -hmm. It was not the 10 to 12-foot object, he recalls. It was small, the size of two suitcases. Oh, that's interesting. Keep in mind, what did the kids see? A small box going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what are you saying? Mm, We'll get there. Okay. But just notes to remember. Okay. Okay, so we got a smaller box, the size of two suitcases. Basically, there's two things seen hauled away. In some report, they went different directions. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, possibly the driver mm. and the craft were going different places. Mm, interesting. Okay. Because uh, we'll get into the accounts later. The driver was still alive. Okay. And he was not happy. Okay. Yeah, the alligator in the... Yeah. <laughs> and I think he wasn't happy because he got shot down by the U.S. government. Mm, okay. And... Yeah. There's a lot to unpack yeah, here. It, I'm telling you, this is My mind's spinning. one of the craziest UFO stories ever. My mind's spinning just to try to make sense of all this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he said it was small, blah, blah, blah. But Jerry Betts, the uh, Pittsburgh jazz vocalist who died in 2007, told investigators it was a lar- or larger than that. The military trucks carried it away. I had a white star on the door. He drew a picture of it, and uh, it had to been notarized. Mm-hmm. So he has a little picture of the symbol on the side. It's yeah. not a recognizable symbol. Oh, okay. So the the, the military object. trucks, the military trucks had the white star. Yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't a classic military white star. Okay. I didn't know if uh if the no the truck the had it or the craft. Okay. Uh, whatever it was, it wasn't in Kecksburg very long. <laughs> Clearly. And where it went, nobody would. Nobody who knows will talk about it. 
And oh, never mind. It says it right there. What? I was just saying. I bet you I know where it went. And then oh, yep, yep. The next line. The next line. <laughs> most uh, most investigators believe it was taken to a hangar at Wright Path Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. If you are a UFO and you land on this planet, guess where you're going to end up? Right, Pat. Dayton, Ohio. Yep. And, side note, we do have a Patreon page. And we did do a little, we did a dive into the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. So, if you're interested in hearing about that, just, you know, just subscribe to our Patreon, support us a little bit. There's Jay's Patreon plug for the night. Yeah. And get one in every now and then. Mm -hmm. Where was I? It helps. Yes, it does. Uh, So, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, where one witness claimed to have seen what appeared to be a small body on a gurney next to it. The witness told Mr. Gordon that there was an arm hanging down. It had three digits in lizard-like skin. Hmm. Mr. Gordon said he was told. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Venture is skeptical. Personally, I'm rooting for the UFO evidence since I'm with the Mutual UFO Network, he said. But I really have to say that we have an extremely good theory that it was the spy satellite. Mm, yeah, of course they do. Mm-hmm. can always write it off. See, when you know the true answer, when you know the truth, it's a lot easier to make up a lie, to hide your truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't know the truth, you can try to make up a lie, but it might, I don't know, you'll, you'll find holes in it. So with the Hayes house, uh, the, the, the basically the house they used as like the... Headquarters, yes. basically, yeah. Um, there's a couple different stories depending on which one you want to go with how aggressive the military is mm-hmm. within that specific interaction. Uh, they were very rude, basically. That's the that's agreed upon. They came and said, hey, we're using your house. You don't have anything. We're going to use your telephone. Mm-hmm. You and your wife go stay in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a choice to say yes or no. Right. It and wasn't that, an option. And that's how power operates. Yes. Um, that's why you need guns. Side note. Um, it's important, but there was one that, and this could be very dramatized, but I love it because it's very governmenty. Because mm-hmm. the kid uh, at the end, before they left, they were telling them that there was nothing there. It was nothing. The kid's like, "No, I seen you guys take it away in the window." Uh, and they kind of basically said, "You know, bullets are cheap, kid. You didn't see anything." Yeah, and that screams U.S. government to me. Oh, very much so. Like, oh, okay, I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. You force, you're forcing, I don't know, you're forcing your power upon them. Yes. Um, but no, everybody's seen it. Right. Like, the whole town's seen it. Exactly. A bunch of people were there before the military was there, before the cops were there. Mm-hmm. All the farmers were poking this thing. Right, yeah, and it's, they even seen the writing on it, you right. know? No, they, there was, everybody, it was so weird, everybody drew it when they got back, and mm-hmm. after the government left, they're like, well, this is what, you, this is what you've seen? Yeah, well, I had to draw it too. Right. They all drew the same thing. And actually, they have a model of it hanging up in Kecksburg. That's awesome. Where you can go see it and see what it looked like. It was It's weird looking. Uh, there was one report saying, there was a couple reports saying that they could hear something inside of it alive. Okay. And it was not happy. Interesting. And there was one report that hmm. said, uh, oh, what was it? Basically, when it was being pulled out of the hollow, that when it was on the flatbed, it kept shaking. Oh, the ship did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like something's vibrating in there or something's like, moving? Yeah, something's mad. Yeah. Like some uh, one guy described it like a raccoon in a box trap. I mean, it could, it could be that. I mean, it could just be a, the, the machinery and stuff. Yeah, like, like when you're uh, washing machines, you know how... Yeah, jumping. A, yeah, exactly. It just be, Yeah, it could be. I like to believe there's something in it. Yeah, me too. We all do. We all want to believe that. Like, it could be anywhere from a little alien to an alligator just strapped into the sea. I think, it was, was, just I think it was more closer to the crocodile. <laughs> Scaly skin, three toes. They have five, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I know. It was a rough ride. There you go. But yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it is. Very crazy. So we're going to talk a little bit more about just everything, I guess. And I mean, this just goes to show how quickly and how fast our military can respond to something. So um, just know when there's a natural disaster and... Oh my god! Your town needs yeah. help and support, or they don't come, and they wait, you know, three or four weeks to show up. Mm, who has your best interests at heart? So, moving on. Like we said, uh, some people believe this object was the Russian spy satellite called Cosmos ninety six. Mm. 
But Mr. Venture and Mr. Gordon agree that in the likelihood of that uh, was probably debunked by a 2013 investigation by journalist Leslie Keen of the Science uh, the Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi Channel. Mm. Haven't heard that one in a while. Uh, armed with a uh, Freedom of Information Challenge, an interview with the expert of the NASA Johnson Space Station or Space Center in Houston, Mrs. Keene determined that the Cosmos 96 came down over Canada earlier the same day as the Kecksburg UFO. Ooh. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff falling out of the sky that day. Correlation there. Yeah, like something, like some pilot in training for the alien species actually kept hitting satellites. <laughs> and knocking them down. Ah, crap. There's another one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but while Miss Keene uh, might have eliminated one possibility, she couldn't nail down what it was. A few have suggested, based on the size and the shape of it, that it might have been the Nazi bell, Die Glock. Yeah, the Die... Is that what you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Say it? Okay. Uh, World War II era experiment related to gravity and time travel. Interesting. <laughs> and it could be like a down-the-line model, you know, that we... Mm-hmm. It did have kind of with. kind of a similar shape. Well, I mean, um, who who uh, was running uh, NASA at the time? Um, I can't this? think of his name. Werner von Braun. Von Braun, the Nazi from Germany, hmm. and he probably developed the Nazi bell or helped. I don't think he did. You don't think so? No, I can't remember the guy that did the Glock, hmm. but he got shot in the head. I'm sure there was some connection. Yeah, probably by Werner von Braun. No, he, I can't remember. Hmm. That was the di- the 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 bell was. Was it older? It was so hidden. Like yeah, von Braun was doing other stuff mainstream. Well, maybe he's the the face. You Anyways, know. moving on. Uh, many theories are many theories are out there, but keep an open mind to all possibilities," said Gordon, uh, who is 2004 producer of Kexburg, the Untold Story. Mm. I've watched it. It's very good. Interesting. Uh, I always said that the thing was either a very secretive, uh, very advanced man-made space vehicle, or it was extraterrestrial. In the 50 years I've been doing this, I've looked into all sorts of American and Soviet objects, and nothing ever seemed to fit the description of what was seen in Kecksburg. Hmm. So, hmm. Interesting. I'm going to... I I do... I can I can believe what he said, being man-made space vehicle, but I, I think... You know how they hide stuff in plain sight or the hide stuff mm-hmm. and then divert you at like the last second. So I, right now, I'm, I can believe it, it was a very secretive, very advanced man-made vehicle. I don't believe it was in space because no one saw it in space. Well, so it was in radar in the upper atmosphere for a while. Upper atmosphere. Vehicle. And all kinds of satellite parts were raining down with it. So it's theorized that it was either in the upper atmosphere or a low, or a mm-hmm. high, or a low orbit. Mm-hmm. And... It either hit something or something caused a bunch of this stuff to fall with it mm-hmm. because there was all kinds of satellite junk coming down with it. Yeah. Or what if it was just parts of it disintegrating, falling off? No, they found like people, like our grandparents were out walking around the fields picking up pieces of satellite. But how do they know it wasn't pieces of... Because it had U.S. writing on it. Right. A U.S. military vehicle that we're... That oh, just you're saying like that. I don't think that... I think it was just normal satellite pieces, like all of our new satellites and stuff like that because like... I don't know anybody here that has any, but I know there were stories of people in North, or like up by Erie and stuff. Mm-hmm. They just had chunks of it, and they kept it on their shelf and stuff. Oh, like still? That. Yeah, they're still around. Nice. Okay. But yeah, people were people were walking out and th- uh, just picking them up. Mm-hmm. There were all there was tons of it. Interesting. Interesting. See, that's why I think it was it was taking out a bunch of satellites with it on accident. Or what if we shot like a. Um, like a high, I don't know, atmospheric energy beam into this, into the sky. Hold that for the end. Okay. Uh, so there was also another kind of theory going around that it was a part of the Thor, Atlas, and Jupiter rocket systems. Okay. That was a big rocket that was coming down. We oh, were okay. experimenting okay. with it. Uh, and it, yeah. <laughs> It was upside down, which means that it, the cone section would have been embedded in, uh, basically in the ground. Yeah. So that's why it kind of looked weird. It kind of flattened out. Hmm. Think of a big rocket without the, the blowy uppy part. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what gave it its shape. But yes. Hmm. Interesting. But that's pretty much. So I have one more thing. 
Uh, we need confirm. Basically, we need confirmation from NASA or the Air Force. We've mes- uh, we've sent message, but nothing has gotten back. That's basically it. They basically, NASA, the U.S. Air Force, they still have the stance that nothing crashed in Kecksburg. That's what, today. To today. Wow. Okay. That's how you rewrite history, right there, folks. Nothing crashed. Right. You print it. You print but it. But everybody's like, "Yeah, we we seen it. Like we touched the thing." We read people, it. People are down there poking it. Yeah. Like, uh, there was uh, there was one report of a guy with a tow truck trying to pull it out wow. before they got there. Yeah. and Because they didn't know. They were worried there was a pilot or something stuck in there. Yeah, and they wanted to help him. And they thought the door was on the bottom. Mm, okay. And so there was, like, all these people that were worried about, you know, mm-hmm. nobody was thinking about radiation. Nobody was thinking about anything like that. Obviously, you're right, right. And all the people that seen, like, so basically the radiation unit was this big separate thing that came in at the end. Mm. And there was just, like... 24 men marching these radiation suits carrying this like i don't know what you call that like we're all carrying like this platform okay and they all carried it down and pulled it back up and then was just that box on it so is that maybe like a hmm interesting like oh so they were carrying like a like a table basically to put it on yeah but uh, 24 men were carrying this thing like like pallbearers or something you know exactly hmm interesting what if oh man it's the Ark. They, it was the Ark of the Covenant they found. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen pictures of them depicting carrying it so, like that. So, we'll talk about, we'll do Roswell next season probably. Oh, yeah. But um, there's a theory that Roswell was actually uh, mentally retarded children that the, the Soviets had put into a, kind of like a mocked up spacecraft and crashed to destabilize the U.S. Hmm. To stabilize religion and stuff like that. Hmm. And some people think this Kicksburg is the same thing. Oh, okay. That was now that there was something in there, like a messed up animal or something like that. Yeah. And just to freak people out. But don't you think they would uh, at least put a little bit more out there than just saying, oh, there's nothing. We don't see nothing. No, the Russians did it and the oh, U.S. government buried it. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's a good theory. Hmm. That's a big that, thing with Roswell. But that, but that means the Russians would have to have very advanced like ships or something. No, that, it's they're not saying that. They're saying that they make these things look freaky on purpose. The ships and everything. It, yes, it's still the same space module that we used. You know, back then. Yeah, or, it, it's just they made the outside look super weird. Weird, yeah, with all the hieroglyphs mm-hmm. on it and the shape and stuff like that. Yeah. Make it impractical. I can see them doing that psychological warfare that's what it was yeah it was trying to just destabilize the u.s government hmm. so they hmm, interesting i mean that's a good theory if you're on the u.s and the other side. one so yeah so yeah, or not on the u.s government side but them just screwing with each other yeah. yeah 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 and then the other one like the missiles and stuff like that or the spy satellites i can see that too hmm. and that's why they didn't say it no nothing was there because mm-hmm. then there's all kinds of problems then admitting that we had we either dropped a missile on Kecksburg, or Kecksburg Pennsylvania. It's, yeah. Or a, or or a spy satellite, giant spy satellite our, we weren't supposed to be using. Yeah, it's fail. Fell out of the sky. I could see that, too. Hmm. Yeah, because you, you would want to deny that, you know? You would, oh, yeah. You oh, would yeah. want to cover that up. We'd be like, nope, nothing fell. Shut up. Right. But would you also want to... Yeah. Okay, I can follow that. Because the Russians were constantly watching our newspapers. Yeah. I mean, they were... And then... Uh, there's a big, there's a really big group of the UFO community that bleeds, like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Why there's so many UFOs is because the Russians, hmm. like we're making all these weird looking things just to screw with us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, did you know? I also hear this though. Uh, supposedly, when, after Operation Paperclip, when we got, you know, the German scientists that we got, they had mentioned something about, uh, oh, you don't use like. Supposedly, they already had like the the, the die Glock and stuff. They had UFO vehicles, and they told our U.S. government, "Oh, you don't use those to scare your citizens. Like, you don't use that to use against them." And then, so that's the theory. After we had won World War II, now all these weird UFO sightings pop up, and supposedly it was suggested by the Nazis you should be doing that to scare your citizens so you can control them easier. It's just another way to do it, and that could be also it too. Why there's so many? Let's just say a flap after that area. Right? Hmm, could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Depends mm-hmm. on what side of the fence you want to sit on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't like to sit on the fence. I just like to fly above it. <laughs> in the Kecksburg UFO. <laughs> no, I think there was something in there. 
I think it was an alligator. Yeah, I know. You're stuck on the alligator. Uh, it was either an alligator or probably like a, an enlarged, like deformed salamander. There you go. Trinity's out salamander. They went over and caught it, shoved it in a UFO. And launched it into Pennsylvania. There's a good theory. We'll have to put that in, into practice. On a big amphibian kick today. It's All right. Out. The impact on Kecksburg. Okay, so on the town and everything. Yes. Each July, the Earthlings in Kecksburg host a UFO festival where they have a lot of fun and they raise a little bit of money to help out the volunteer fire department. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Ron Stubel, 73, who remembers seeing the streak in the sky at his home in Greensburg, organizes the event to oversee the tiny UFO store uh, in the, VF, the VFD hall. Oh, that's awesome. In, in July. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I don't think we'll be able to make it this year, but I definitely want to get on it. That'd be I'd, awesome. Yeah, I'd like put to put that in our circuit. Check that out. Yeah, heck yeah. Oh, gosh. It's just so hot. Here, let me t- you want me to take the next part? Yeah, go ahead. It was Mr. Struble who convinced the makers of Unsolved Mysteries in 1990 to let Kecksburg keep the styrofoam mock-up of the UFO they used on its display outside the fire hall where it still attracts visitors. Okay, so is this the mock-up they, yep. the town made? Oh, awesome. The festival is like any other small-town summer fair with games, music, races, hot dog-eating contests and such until Sunday when they squeeze more than 300 people into the hall for the UFO conference. Witnesses, investigators, and experts share their recollections of, and theories. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That, I can't wait to go. That would be cool to attend. Uh, Mr. Struble said <clears throat> there are a few people in town who think that too much is made of the incident, and they wish it would, they would drop it. But most residents, like their little towns, claim the fame. And who wouldn't? That's the most of these. Yeah. Everything from cryptid to UFO, you know, it's a way to keep your tiny town alive. Yeah, keep the money economy. There's, there's weird... People have feelings about mm-hmm. uh, making money off of these kind of things. Yeah. And I'm for all for it. If, oh, heck if, yeah. But there's people that say that that makes the story fake. Or that, that's mm. a sign of the story's fake. That's just done for money. Yeah. Nobody has ever actually made money off the, saying they've seen a UFO. It's true. Oh, um, I bet we could think of one if we really... But it's probably... I don't know. I bet we could come up with one. Um, okay. Some wonder if finding out that it was simply an American spy satellite um, would take away the eerie luster and buzz of a UFO mystery. But Mr. Struble said he'd be glad to... to have the answer to what fell from the sky. And then this is, quote, people have a, a right to know it's been 50 years, which I agree with. If it was today, you'd never get away with it. But back then, they just wouldn't tell us. But we know something landed and we saw the military. They say nothing happened, and that's just ridiculous, which I 100% agree with. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then... Was this, this is Hayes. Now the next one's Hayes. Okay. Oh, yeah, from earlier, Mr. Hayes. Um, I know I'll probably never get a straight answer, said Mr. Hayes, but I know they went down in with an empty truck, and they came out with something on the back of it. Now we got Stan Gordon from earlier, another quote from him. It's a mystery, and after so many years, it would be great if we could find that conclusive information about what it was that fell from the sky that night in 1965, but it might be one of those things we just never have an answer for. Which, as of today, it's still accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a very accurate quote. Um, these were, yeah. Oh, this was uh, from the what is that? The Post Gazette. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, nice. Uh, Dan Majors. And this is December 2015. Is when this article came out. Nice. So up until 2015, that quote still. St- I have something for you to read next. Ooh. Okay. NASA's official statement. Oh my gosh. Here we go. I don't know you love NASA. I don't. I don't. Not not a super awesome thing. <laughs> I just spelled NASA. But go on. Oh, you want me to read it? That's why I'm sitting here waiting. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So NASA statements. Here we go. Cannot wait. Here we go. In December 2005, just before the 40th an- anniversary of the Kecksburg's incident, NASA released a statement reporting that experts had examined metallic fragments from the area and determined they were from a Russian satellite that re-entered the atmosphere and broke up. 
but records of their findings were lost in the 1980s. Oh, man, just like when we went to the moon. Dang it, NASA. You'd think they would have all that stuff organized by now. All right, Leslie Keene, described as an... We talked about her earlier. Mm -hmm. Described as an investigative reporter back from the Sci-Fi Channel. Reportedly sued NASA under the Freedom of Information Act, um, a FOIA request, for the lost NASA records. On October 26th, 2007, NASA agreed to search for those records after being ordered by a court. This was like a big deal. I can't wait to see what they come up with because mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it was nothing. During the hearing, uh, Steve McConnell, NASA's public liaison officer, testified that two boxes of papers from the time of the Kexpert incident were missing. Bum, bum, bum. Loss of records is not a unique case for NASA. Oh. It's not. I write, for example, the original tapes recorded during the Telefy's Apollo 11 moon landing were misplaced or reused, which, and another way to say that is they were fake. Just going to go out on the record and Move say on. that. In 2008, space writer James Oberg suggested that NASA was unlikely to possess any such documents since, in his view, it was highly likely that the supposed NASA team that investigated the site were in fact Air Force personnel who identified themselves as NASA personnel, something regularly done by military personnel in civilian clothes during the 1960s. He, he further suggested that Keene's action was no more than a publicity stunt for the benefit of Keene's employers. And it bothers me so much because NASA isn't um, a government entity. No, it's not. It's government-funded. It's, it's, it's government-funded private entity. So they can... The government can do and say whatever they want under the guise of NASA and not have to reveal anything Correct. because it's a pub. That's the, that's the point that they're getting at, mm-hmm. that that all these military personnel would say they were NASA when they were there. Mm-hmm. But that way, another thing is it throws the scent off the trail. Absolutely. NASA, like he's just said, NASA doesn't have any of these documents because it wasn't NASA there. Mm-hmm. So that's why NASA doesn't have anything. Because NASA isn't real. It's real. They just weren't there. It's a front. It's a front. It's a- this one is just more of a deflection. Right. NASA really probably had nothing to do with the original Kexburg incident. Oh, so yeah. No wonder they don't have any well, did documents. You, did you see any NASA? Per- I mean, there was no witnesses of any people in NASA uniforms, personnel, badges, nothing that showed up to that house that set up base. There was, there was no NASA reported there uh, at all. So, there, I maybe didn't portray it right. Yeah, there was people that were saying they were from NASA. Oh, they were? Yeah. Oh, okay. They well, said they were all, they did all that stuff. They were from NASA. There was government. There were civilian scientists. Okay, so they covered all their tracks. Yes. Okay. Maybe I just missed it. Okay. According to John Ventra from of MUFON, which is the... Um, Mutual UFO Network. Yep. Um, and Shafton native Owen... Oh, yeah. Shafton we, native yeah. Owen from Eckler yeah. from earlier. Excuse me. Their recent investigations have led them to speculate... That's just the same thing we talked about. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, it was that. Oh, yeah. The Mach 2 reentry yeah. vehicle. Uh, but yeah. The most recent comments by NASA are less supportive of the link of the Soviet satellite... So now here you go. Okay, so here's... Basically, they flipped again. All right, so let's read what they say, Mm because I want to... There is some speculation that... This is NASA's words. Mm -hmm. There is some speculation that the reentry of the Cosmos 96-slash-Venera-type spacecraft was responsible for a fireball, which was seen over southwestern Ontario, Canada, and at least eight states from Michigan to New York at 4.43 p.m. Eastern. Same day. On... December 9th. Yep, on December 9th, 1965. Um, investigations of photographs and sightings of the fireball indicated its path through the atmosphere was probably too steep to be consistent with a spacecraft reentering from Earth's orbit. It was more likely a meteor in a prograde orbit from the vicinity of the asteroid belt and probably ended its flight over western Lake Erie, United States. Air Force tracking data on Cosmos 96 also indicate a, the spacecraft orbit decayed earlier than 21, uh, earlier than, um, what's that? 943. Okay, 943 on December 9th. I'm not good at military time. Not that quick. Um, other, other unconfirmed reports state the fireball subsequently landed in Pennsylvania, southeast of Pittsburgh, near the town of Kecksburg um, at 446 p.m. Although estimating the impact point of fireball from eyewitness accounts is notoriously inaccurate. So probably in the, within this, I don't know, maybe that's they're throwing you off the scent. Or what's the word when they're trying to make your claims not credible? 
I'm Did, I mean, discreditation and stuff like that. I'm blanking, yeah. Uncertainties in the orbital information and re-entry coordinates at the time make it difficult to determine definitively if the fireball could have been the Cosmos 96 spacecraft. Hmm. So now they're, so they're saying it's probably a meteor from the asteroid belt when before they were saying, oh, it was, it was a, a Russian. Spy, yeah, it was a spy satellite from Russia. Hmm. Way to flip. I wonder if Russia got wind of that and they're like, hey, why, why do you say those things? Oh, that was awful. Yeah, we need to skip the TV stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's more about the festival. So uh, just real quick. Yeah. NASA's flippy floppy. Always, always, always. Never a straight answer. Never a straight answer. And that's... And I like NASA. Hmm. Well, you're, you're... I mean, you can be wrong. It's okay. You're wrong 90% of the day. You can't the prove it. flat. You can't prove it. I don't think it's... I think it's flat in a way, but I don't... It's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's a realm. It's a flat realm. How about that? It's a, it's a plane of existence. That's all it is. All right. But yeah, I think... So what do you think the UFO was? Okay. I, can I start by saying what I don't think it was? Yeah, go ahead. I don't think it was a Russian space craft. I agree. I don't think it was a satellite, spy satellite. I agree. Us or them. And I don't think it was a meteor from the asteroid belt, like they said. I agree. So, I believe... So, it was very intact when it landed, which okay. makes me don't think man-made. Okay. Interesting point. Because all of our space stuff, when it lands like that, is not very well. And anything that comes from outer space pretty much disintegrates yeah. through our atmosphere. Yeah. Or the, the real problems are when it doesn't. Okay. Yes, correct. Because then it makes a huge impact. It's mm-hmm. a meteor. The dinosaurs. Right. The Gulf ex- of Mexico, for, for example. example. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do think, I believe, I do believe it was our man-made technology. Um, but I don't like the creature or whatever it was inside. Um, that's that's where it gets. It's hard for me to figure out what I actually think it was because some stuff just doesn't make sense. I think it was us. Whatever that creature was, it could have been something that does exist here that we're just not privy to or we don't, you know, we're not made aware of. Kind of like their stories, you know, we have aliens, quote unquote, living in, you know, military bases now. And right Pat's full of them. It's, yes, or supposedly it is, you know. And uh, what if these beings are already here, already exist, but they just have a certain quality, maybe with their mind or their whatever power they might have that's just we don't have that makes them able to fly the ship like through thought or some sort of different way then it's just not as mechanical like we think so it could be a being already here i think everything that landed and crashed was something that we made or something that's already here existing and then they just want to cover it up because uh you're not supposed to know what we're capable of because yeah basically Mm -hmm. that's let's end it there okay I think it's an ultra-terrestrial, an interdimensional traveler. Okay. I don't think it had anything to do with the, the government. Okay. I think they crashed a satellite on purpose to try to cover it up. Hmm. Or it crashed. Ooh. Or it crashed into it. Into a satellite. Yes. I think it... Uh, we've talked about some of these portals maybe opening up in the upper atmosphere for interdimensional yeah. travelers. Yeah. And what do they try to shoot out of the sky? Hmm, interesting. And this is the first time they hit one of these things really good. Yeah. Or one of the examples. And dropped it. And they hit one of these things actually, actually, you know, because we were, this isn't the Roswell event, because this is during the the Cold War. Mm -hmm. We were literally had all kinds of missiles, anti-nuke missiles. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every second. So when something's in the upper atmosphere that we can't ID, blow it out of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Because we think it's a nuke. Right. You have to. Mm-hmm. Get it up there before it comes down here. Right. You know, it needs to blow up up there. Yeah, exactly. It, or no. So a nuke wouldn't trigger if you blew it up like that. Mm, okay. It would just be trapital. Okay. So. Oh, really? Yes. It, it wouldn't explode? It's not It's not a conventional. It's hard to explain. It's not like conventional explosive. It's not like it's full of C4. Is it more like a chemical kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, reaction? It, yes. That... It's a reaction that has to take place and there needs triggers to cause the reaction. Gotcha. So, Makes sense. Yeah. A little uranium bullet. Gotcha. Interesting. It causes just degradation and then boom. Huh, interesting. A little feedback loop. I actually just watched, off topic a little bit, while we're on nukes, um, they 
the guy that invented like the little like flexures is what they're called, but uh, basically anti nuke blowing up devices to move and store to them. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's so these flips or these switches can't get flipped on inside the bomb that, like you said, trigger mm-hmm. that reaction. So there's a lot of room for vibration and stuff that can move a lot. It's be- very, yeah. It's befo- very, the only way that can get flipped is if you physically do it. it. Yes. Yeah. Pretty These awesome are very stuff. hard to set off. Called flexures. They're pretty interesting if you want to look into that sometime. Nukes are very hard to set off. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's accidentally set off a nuke didn't know they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. That's why you need two keys and two people to turn them at the same mm-hmm. time. But, um, yeah, I think this is interdimensional traveler. Okay. Uh, it's kind of similar to the injured cold craft. Mm-hmm. Which is coming up soon. Yes, very soon. Season finale. Yes, but it's very, very similar to that. It's a weird one. I can't wait to do this festival. Oh, I'd love to go it, to do it. That would be awesome. So is, is that your final thoughts on the Kecksburg UFO? Yeah, I want to stick with man-made stuff that's just weird. Going to Interdimensional Traveler. I believe there was a creature in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I do like the Interdimensional Traveler, too. I could believe that as well. I think it's in the same line of like whatever Andrew Cold and all of them were. Mm-hmm. It's that same group, and I think this is the one that maybe wasn't paying attention too much. Mm-hmm. He got shot out of the sky because a lot of the other crafts hung lower in the lower atmosphere. And it, this was way up there, wasn't yeah, it? And that's why is because they use it as defense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to shoot me when I'm above a city, right? They don't know what bloodthirsty creatures we are though no they didn't i mean they they, <laughs> they wouldn't I mean, that's what i'm saying right that's why they, most of the ufos that are low don't have any government implications because the government's like oh we can't do that because then they're gonna know that you know there's something happening right yeah so they see a missile blow up above the city yeah that's a big deal yeah it's not good it's the upper atmosphere nobody can see it right hmm, hmm. the world is a mysterious place mm-hmm. this realm we in we inhabit it's mysterious. So is that all you have for the Kecksburg UFO? Uh, yeah, I think that's my final thoughts. It's what I um, what I think it is. I think the story is awesome, and I think it's a great piece of history that I hope doesn't get lost. Because I mean, you got to see this stuff to see or understand this whole situation. You know, mm-hmm. thing lands, uh, military moves in, military leaves with thing. Statement, it is, nothing ever happened. I know. It is. I don't know if it's underrated or whatever, mm-hmm. but they told everybody to shut up. Exactly. Exactly. And you know there's a bigger picture behind the scenes, behind the curtain, that they know at least a, a lot more about than we do, mm-hmm. but this is just part of that little, this is just a glimpse you know, behind that curtain and what whatever is being hidden from us, the public. Who knows? You don't really know, but there's pieces, little pieces ever. This is a big, big, let's just say this is a big little piece here. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Mm-hmm. It's a good ending. It's a good one to point at and say, look, this stuff's going on. It's been going on. But yeah. So I have the the festival flyer. Okay. And I really, I don't know. I don't think we can make it this year, but I'd really want to. But oh, I, I think I would love to with, if our, could. with my work schedule. I don't think I can do it, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see what I can swing. Maybe we could just visit it for a day. That'd be cool. Uh, where, where am I? All right, the festival celebrating the Kecksburg UFO incident, December 9th, 1965. Let us know if you were there. Call us on a private, confidential line. They have a number. That's awesome. But this is our, like just their festival flyer. They're still looking for people that were there. Yeah, and to tell their story. We would like to thank all the ad vendors and all the visitors of you uh, for your continued support. Without you, we could not, or we could not begin to do what we have done. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Kecksburg UFO, or the Kecksburg VD Volunteer Fire Department UFO Festival, <laughs> and it's uh, the 17th annual festival. The date is July 22nd through 24th, 2022. Uh, we are always accepting craft applications. So yeah. Stories and comics from the Kecksburg UFO fans and festival visitors. Uh, there'll be informational booths at the entrance of the festival grounds. Uh, pick up copy of an event as you come across the walking bridge. Uh, there's Bernie's Kettle Corn. Woo! There's a cornhole tournament, photo models, it. more food vendors, new trophies for events, craft vendors outside, new awards for uh, the bed races. <laughs> they like do an actual bed race. Okay. I don't know what a bed race is. 
It's like, and you race a bed. What, you carry a mattress? No, those oh. wheel beds. Wheel beds? I'll show you later. Okay. But yeah, this is a cool thing. Oh, that would be, yeah, it just sounds like a small town festival. Love them. So, and it, once again, I'd like to apologize for everybody at home. Sorry we mumbled through this a little bit. It is getting so incredibly hot. <laughs> Literally dripping right now. I know, I, I'm slimy. <laughs> like a fish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but thank you. We have one more to record, so we've got to hurry. <laughs> We're going to take another break. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but I have, you have anything else to add? No. Before I end the show? Uh-uh. All right. I have been Mr. E. And I've been Jay. And together, we are Cooks of the Corn Podcast. Your host for everything spooky, mysterious, and Appalachian in the Midwest, and pretty much the rest of the world. If there's corn, we'll, we'll do it. So there's not there's not corn. Antarctica we still might do it. No, we can't do anything from Antarctica. Why not? No corn. We can do GMO corn there. Plant. Well, actually, I think there's a the plant lab has corn in it. See, now we're in. I have to look. We I have to look. That's the rule. Foot in the door. I have to look. All right. Do they have seeds there? Maybe. I they. I don't Is there know. A seed vault. Is there, there? popcorn? Mm, interesting. You might no. have to call one of them. There's not. Is there popcorn on base? Yes. Good, good. Bye. <laughs> I got all I need. I'll mm-hmm. see you later. <laughs> all right. Well, once again, thank you guys. And we apologize for the mumbling. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.